the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 101 of the Severe MMA podcast is back. It's a cool Monday evening here in West Limerick. I'm joined as I am every week by Graham McDonald above in the, our nation's capital, unfortunately, Dublin. Graham, how are things? Yeah, very good. Can't complain. We've, uh, we've, uh, well, except for a bit the rest. Yeah, we will. We'll we'll, <laughs> Oh no, we're gonna do this. We'll we'll wait. We'll do we'll we'll keep that for a second. Um obviously we're gonna talk a little bit about that Man United match for about ninety seconds before we get into the MMA talk. Uh so Graham can give out about uh Man United paying off the refs. Uh we're gonna look back as well at, at BJ Pin's fight against Yair Rodriguez and some of the other fights from uh UFC Phoenix. I Graham described it as a lackluster card. Um it was okay, there was some good things and there was some very, very bad things, so we we'll, we we'll look back at that. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, this Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor thing. That's that's heating up a little bit, you know. In the past, we've kind of we've tried to ignore it as much as possible, but it seems to be uh, it seems to be heating up a little bit. So we'll talk about that, and we we'll look ahead as well to uh, Bellator 170. That's the big event next week, uh, where which sees uh, Chael Sonnen, the former UFC middleweight and light heavyweight contender, take on um, Tito Ortiz, obviously the former UFC lightweight cha- or light heavyweight champion. Uh, before we do that. Let's give a shout out to our sponsors, rosnutrition.com, uh, Ireland's leading supplement provider. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you know, we're big supporters of ROS Nutrition. They're big supporters of us. Uh, you know, they have all that good stuff, proteins and amino acids, uh, sports performance, strength and conditioning. If you actually look at their um, their Twitter You'll see they they have uh, these recipes for like uh, flapjacks and stuff like that, and pancakes. They look delicious. Um, I, I, um, I, I'd uh, I tell anyone to have a look at that, and, and they have some good ideas on there, and on their website as well. Uh, their website, obviously, rosnutrition.com. If you head on over there, you know, pick out what you need. New year, now a lot of people gone to the gyms and stuff. Handy to have some uh, some protein and stuff in your in your back pocket. Uh, you can get twenty five percent off. Your first order at rosnutrition.com if you use the promo code SEVEREMMA. They have some special offers on uh, this week as well. You know, Christmas has just gone, so there's some good offers there. And you get another 25% off at the promo code SEVEREMMA. So as I said, head on over rosnutrition.com. Use SEVEREMMA, get 25% off your first order. Boom. Graham. Right, go on. Go on. Complain about Man United. Tell us what's wrong. The conspiracy against Man United continues. That's against Man United, I agree. Yeah, a conspiracy against Man United, hundred percent. But we'll leave it at that. If you're going to be irrational. <laughs> but what's wrong? There was an offside goal. Was it? What ah. about the offside that happened like ninety seconds earlier when Rooney took a shot and he wasn't offside and it was a corner and we got a corner taken off of us because of uh, an irrational referee in the call. Yeah, that's completely different to an offside goal. Think, exactly but, uh, same thing. These things happen in football, especially to the Man United. So. But it's just one wrong. It's unfortunate, but uh, it's good to get a few. It's good to get a few, uh, few minutes for the the U team, like Trent Alexander and and the boys, Rigi. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, so I can good. tell by get uh, back in there. I can tell by this argument that you were annoyed, probably as annoyed as I was with the performance of, of your team. I thought United were terrible. Yeah, it was, it was a terrible. really bad finishing all around for for both teams. A really bad yeah. last uh, last ball, uh, final third. It was just. It was just a cagey match, and um, yeah, it's like it was like the polar opposite to most Man United games. Like usually, we have the possession and kind of dominate balls, and then the other team gets loads of chances and misses them. 
and we get like a kind of a, a lucky goal and handed to us. But this mm. was kind of the other way around. Pogba literally handed Liverpool yeah. a goal, and they were like, <laughs> our midfield was just absolutely destroyed. And I, 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 I think the big question, weird. I think yeah. the big question out of this is uh, after Pogba's Rene choke, who wins in a fight between Paul Pogba and CM Punk? Pogba destroy him. You would like. Have you seen him kicking the bag and stuff? It's unreal. Yeah, it was a good rear naked choke and takedown against Henderson as well. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, what I didn't do you think see about, so far. What do you think about this thing of oh Liverpool were really defensive and Mourinho parked the bus at Old Trafford and stuff? Do you hate that as much as me, or are you one of those people? I don't think he parked the bus at Old Trafford. Uh, All right, I mean, I mean, um, Mourinho parked the bus at Anfield. Sorry. Oh yeah, well, yeah, um, uh, yeah. He put six at the back. Yeah, but I'm not. There's nothing wrong with that. that. You got to get the results. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was Liverpool were playing well, Man United were playing badly at the time. You got to get a result. It's understandable. Like Mourinho's a good manager. He know, he know, he, he's uh, well experienced at, uh, at this. He's not going to take media stick and worry about that. He's just going to play whatever tactics he wants to play that he thinks can either nick a, nick a counter attack goal or get a point. Or he doesn't, he's not going to get uh, caught up in people criticizing him and stuff like that. He's too experienced. Yeah. Like Liverpool, kind of, they didn't, they weren't as defensive, but they were playing like no strikers and just stop Man United playing re- really yesterday. So I thought, I thought it was a similarly kind of disruptive performance. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think either really deserved to win. Man United were just terrible, but Liverpool weren't that good either. Like, like if Liverpool had played a little bit better, they would have deserved that one. I think I don't know. It's just Man United yeah. was so so bad. Well, the ref should have sent off Pogba for that for that rear naked choke. <sighs> Look, these things happen. Yeah, he probably should have. Yeah, I'd. I was just, I was just so disappointed with how they play. To be honest, it doesn't. I don't really, I don't really care. He was, just, he was fucking terrible. Pogba, useless. Yeah. Like, cool. Adam, Adam Lallana was useless as well. So that, that made everything else. So he played Carrick out of the game. Carrick had to, or Carrick had to be subbed off at half time. He was, he was out of the game yeah. by uh, Lallana. Barely Lallana. touched the ball in the whole game. Like, he was rubbish. That's uh, part of the part of the part of the game is pressing yeah, him. He can run around headless chicken. Yeah. yeah. Barcelona are going to buy him for that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I hope they don't buy him. Rubbish. Oh god. <laughs> Hoping if I was you, Coutinho though, if he, if he couldn't play a bit more, he was good when he came on. Yeah, Marin for anyone, or will got United the result anyway. He was, he was tremendous, and I've no yeah. problem with this long ball well, as well. The linesman, the linesman, the linesman got I've you no there. No problem. The I love this hoof in the ball. They had to hoof the ball because they were getting destroyed midfield. But anyway, people are probably all switch off now. We apologize. Yeah, yeah, we apologize exactly. for that. Uh, that footballing talk, but uh. Let's get into speaking of Michael Carrick getting taken off, kind of old man out of his depth. Uh, let's get let's get into UFC <laughs> UFC Phoenix, where uh, BJ Penn returned from a three-year hiatus to take on the high-flying young gun that is Yair Rodriguez, and it kind of went like we all expected, really. Um, let me just trot straight over to you before I give my thoughts. You were up last night. You were watching it. How I watched it this morning. I didn't see up, but how you know? How did it feel for you up late at night, waiting for this big main event, and then that happens? Yeah, um, it was kind of, it was as expected nearly. Mm. Um, he just he just got overwhelmed with strikes and he just looked, BJ just looked slow. Um, he was trying to set up boxing exchanges, but he, Yair was, was using his kicks well to keep him away, throwing multiple multiple left head kicks in a row. And BJ just couldn't couldn't deal with the the accuracy and the, the overwhelming nature of the strikes. And he... he <laughs> It's one of them where you'd be thinking that his quarter might have not sent him out in between rounds, but they sent him out and he, he got finished pretty quick after that. Yeah. I kind of look at this in two different ways because 
there's a weird thing with if you're looking at that right fighter a against fighter b and okay yaira rodriguez clearly won he did well but if that wasn't bj Penn, if that was just some other normal fighter you think okay he did well for like the first two minutes then he got hit with a couple of shots he got overwhelmed and then he got on the back foot and he kind of just got destroyed after that but when you're looking at bj Penn, you're looking at this guy who was the best fighter in the world at one time, who was a two-weight world champion, or who just murked everyone. I was watching some of his fights, you know, last week when I, when I was writing my preview, and you know that Diego Sanchez fight, at, you know, that Joe Stevenson fight, Matt Hughes, you know, destroying guys like that. And like, for me, I look at I look at that fight yesterday, and if you look at it, just fighter A against fighter B, like I'd have no problem seeing B Japan fight again against against a lesser opponent you know i didn't see or something i think he'd match up fine with him you know he didn't look as terrible as he looked against frank yeager i think that'd be fine right but then you look at it from the point of view that it's bj pin that it's this once great fighter and it's kind of sad to see how not great he is anymore if that you know if, if that makes sense it's it's and it's not that it's not that he looked he looks terrible or anything. It's just that the game has progressed so much and he hasn't been in it. You know, he's fought once in, what, five years or something like that, now twice. And it's just the game has passed him by. He's got a little bit older as well. Ring rust, all that stuff put together. And it's just, he he can't be the best fighter in the world anymore and he used to be. And that's kind of sad. Yeah. it's We've talked about it a good few times on the podcast already about how quickly the game evolves and changes in one or two years, never mind three, four, four like seven six and a half since bj last won a fight like it, so much has moved on he used to be like so good on the ground people be afraid of going to the ground with him unless they got grease all over them and um yeah i'd say would be afraid of, of going into <laughs> bj's <his guard. sighs> i just got that joke there but, yeah, uh, <laughs> i was like that, that was gsp what are you talking about but yeah <clears throat> um Look, I, I think the big problem here, and it's kind of like I've said it about CM Punk so many different times, that the matchmaking for him was just terrible. Like, he had no chance of beating Mickey Gall. And I think it's just, no, I'm not comparing CM Punk to BJ Penn, you know, I wouldn't put him down that much, but this, this matchmaking was just ter- Like, he had no chance of ever winning the fight. Never. I think the know. way that people reacted to it, people, when they heard the announcement, were like, what are you doing? Like, this is just, yeah. people were like, Reacting like being BJ has no chance. Why isn't he fighting somebody like Dennis Seaver, Kawajiri, somebody like that? Like, uh, it was very strange. They are they must have been trying to build a year off BJ. Yeah, that's but, sad um, though. What? Yeah, kind of. It's very sad. Yeah, <laughs> we should treat him with a bit more. He's done a lot for the company over the years. Even though he did leave leave the company under kind of uh, challenging circumstances in the past, while he was while he was the top top guy in the company but uh that's all but behind him for for good years and he's done a lot even since then for the UFC so it was uh it was sad to see him just get annihilated yeah like I think I even mentioned before someone like Artem Labov look you know you could that could be a main event in in Dublin or Belfast or something for the UFC you know these days the way they're doing it it's just that matchmaking was just atrocious you know and it was I think it was even made worse by how BJ looked because he didn't look that bad. Uh, did, did how did you think he looked the first two minutes? Like were you were you with me like surprised but how good he looked? Well, not good, I'd um, say, but he looked okay. Yeah. No, I didn't think so. Um, I thought he looked slow the, the whole time. Yeah, but anyone's gonna like, gonna look yeah. alongside Jair, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
all all the talk BJ of beforehand, like uh, put your life savings on it. We're making a run at the 145 belt and all this stuff. He has a way of just somehow making people believe. Like I did a quick uh, Twitter poll before the the BJ and the Air fight started, and 39 percent of people thought BJ was going to win. Yeah. Like just it's around. so weird. He just has a way. Of... It's so weird because, like, my thing there about uh, you know about the two sides of BJ. Obviously, you know the actual the ARB fighter and then BJ Finn. You know, it's a thing that uh, there's so many people. Like most people, and it's funny you see to see this, but most people are huge fans of BJ Finn. Now, I always like BJ Finn, but I was never like a real kind of big fan by BJ Finn. You know, and you know, kind of live or die with BJ Finn. I was never that kind of guy, and I kind of. <laughs> so maybe I, I'm different to like most people, but I, I, I don't know. I just don't see it that way. But I think the fact that most people kind of they get up for BJP, and I mean, remember Brandon Vera used to have it as well. Like every time Brandon Vera fired, ah, oh, this is going to be the time where he, you know, gets to the next level. Or Eric Silva as well, I think, was one of those guys. It's it's kind of thing. People like people, and they always stick by him. And I suppose for BJ, it's a little bit different to those two because he is, you know, he was the best. And it's, you know, it's amazing to see that people will stick by him. And, and it's the thing as well with, uh, with kind of pay-per-view numbers and draws and stuff as well. Like people say, oh, if he loses, he's not going to be a draw anymore. But it's MMA. Like you could keep losing forever and people, you know, still want to watch you um, and, and things like that. But on, just on the fight itself, like I thought BJ came out well and didn't get backed up for the first two minutes. He landed nice right hand on the air at one stage. He landed a nice left, uh, left hook. But uh, Yair's, you know, Yair's kicking game was just was just too much for him, and he's so much bigger than him as well. I thought that was, you know, just just too much for for BJ to get over. But you know, like, and this is to go with the matchmaker as well. Like when when Yair hit him, I think it was about two minutes in, he hit him with like a body shot, and then he hit him with two kicks, and then like a spinning kick to the head, and not, none of them caught him re- clean, but they all hit him. You know, and after that, B just started backing up, and he started going from side to side, and he just he couldn't get on the front foot again. And against Jair Rodriguez, if you're not po- you know if you're not pushing him back, you're losing the fight. Uh, I thought B J came into a little bit again the last maybe 15 seconds of the round, and maybe he grew in confidence a small bit. But then when this that that kind of worked against him at the start of the second, he just got front kicked and knocked out. Um, how did you? Yeah. How did? Yeah. Go on. When he when he could get it into the boxing range, he had a bit of, a bit of luck, and he, he yeah. did tag Yair a couple of times. But there was, he was just eating so many kicks in, in between in between landing. Well, he must have landed like three or four times only in in the fight, PJ. Um, yeah, it's sad. Like I saw, yeah, I saw a lot of people kind of giving out to John McCarthy for the stoppage. On yeah. uh, I don't even think it was that bad of a stoppage. I think it's just uh, BJ. People just have this this love for BJ, and it's just it, they just they they didn't want to see him get get a. Uh, demolished like he was and they just they knew he wasn't coming back in the fight so they wanted John to, to stop it but uh I don't know people were were saying it was his worst performance as a ref and so I, I wouldn't say that I think a lot of uh a lot of BJ's fans are very very passionate kind of like uh Connor fans or yeah Diaz butter fans they're they're uniquely uh they're uniquely um biased towards him yeah. <laughs> um no matter what happens they'll, they'll find a way to put a positive spin on it for for BJ like so um, BJ himself was complaining the stoppage was too early, <laughs> which yeah, is typical BJ. Typical BJ. Yeah. Uh, for for me, I thought 
when he got knocked down initially, I don't think it should have been stopped there. Yeah, you hear him. Yeah, you heard him once or twice. I don't think it should, should have been stopped there. And then there was the next kind of combination on the ground he hit him, and B just pinned smacked off the canvas and think, okay, I, you can stop it there now. But he didn't stop it there, and it kept going. And you know, there was like maybe seven, eight, nine, ten more shots, and there was no point there where he should have stopped it. But I think when he did stop it, then was right. So, you know, I I would have liked to have seen it stopped when his head smashed off the canvas after like the fourth shot. But it it wasn't the worst either. I can you know because BJ you know, was still moving and still yeah. trying to get his guard in between, and he was still working. So he gave him every chance. It it wasn't that he was lying there motionless, getting eat, eating punches. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't really have that much of a problem. Do you know Carl Pinder against uh, Mike uh, Mike King, where he was hurt, but he was like yeah. he's putting his legs up, he was putting his yeah. hands up. Every time the ref said you got to move, he moved, even if it gave yeah. him a worse position. Yeah, yeah, that's that. BJ was trying to do that, but he just couldn't catch him in his guard. You know, he couldn't get his legs behind him to pull him down, and you know, you're just uh, kept uh, kept banging on him, and he got the uh, finish in the end. But <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much this will actually do for your yeah your yeah. like. I mean, maybe it will give him a, give him a huge boost. Like the UFC seem to think. Well, you, you'd rationally think that that was the reason that they they made this matchup. But uh, BJ hasn't won in a long time, so maybe people kind of will write it off as uh, BJ's over the hill rather than yeah Yair looked great. Yeah, Yair's ranked ten. But Yair did look great as well. Yair looked better than he's looked. He, did, yeah. he's looked, he looked like much better than he looked in his last fight against Alice Caceres, and he obviously was a massive fight for him. He was he, he looked like he was very ready. He, he wasn't taking any chances. He was expecting a good BJ to turn up. But um, yeah, it's 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 just it's just sad when people fight on too too long. Like when he hasn't won a fight in over six years, it's just I think it's time to. When when you're already talking about retirement as well, it's you know, for years, and you've already kind of retired and unretired, and I don't, I hate that shit. I, uh, talking yeah. about retirement, Fabio talks about retirement for the last fifteen years, like, and he's keeps coming back. You know, I don't, I don't buy into that at all. That talking about retirement, but BJ after his last fight, he was like, "Oh, I wanted to see if I could do it, and now I know I can't yeah, do well, it." That's and different. Crying thing. and all, it was kind of, it was like a, it was like a real retirement. It wasn't like a. Um, retired just willy nilly, and I'll be back in a month, yeah. kind of thing. Like most of them, it seemed like a like a real emotional decision to make, and that he knew he was he was finished, or he was over the hill, and he couldn't compete anywhere near the top level anymore. But then he got the itch again. He convinced himself and a lot of his fans, and, and hopefully, though, uh, he he just he. I don't want to call for somebody to retire, but I just don't see what he can. If he's not going to win the belt, then what's in it for him? <laughs> I don't know about that. Either. I used to be. I used to think like that, but I don't anymore. Really, like people can fight on. You know, if he wants to fight, let him. It's not that if he wants to fight, let him fight. But it's you don't have. Everyone doesn't doesn't have, all have to be going for the belt. Like Joe Lozon's never going to go for the belt. He's never going to win a belt. And I'm alright with him fighting. You know, I don't think. I don't think that's. You know, I don't think that's. Uh, yeah, but that was the talk BJ was given before the fight. He was like, "Yeah, but who's on it? We're going for the belt. All this stuff." I think he actually believes it though. He. he yeah, it's it's tough to know what he actually believes. What what he's what he's trying to sell the fight, and well, it's on TV, but he's trying to get people to tune into the fight, and what's actually uh, real in his head. Yeah, but uh, it, it, I don't want to fight. Like I don't want to see him fighting top contenders no, going for the one forty five belt. Anyway, like if he's fighting people, I want to see him fight people who don't have knockout pair. People like Seaver, like that was the matchup to make. Like I think yeah. everybody was happy enough with that matchup when when it was made, <laughs> and then nobody people were worried when the air. Year, fight was made and the the reason they were worried was shown yesterday yeah like i'd have no problem with him coming back to fight siever again but if he fights anyone like i'm looking at the the, the federal division like 
a fight or the Ricardo Lamas fight that they were talking about Jeremy Stevens you know none of them I've no interest in seeing any of them like don't just don't do them like if I was asked now what do you think BJ should do I like I'd hope he'd retire I'd like like to see him retire but I I don't really have a problem with him fighting again if it's if he's going to fight someone you know well matched I've I've no interest in seeing him fighting anyone you know top 15 or whatever look that might come if it comes great it's unlikely but you can't do that with him right now and uh i'd rather i'd definitely rather see him retire than do that it's, but i think it's it's indicative of mma it's a shame that fighters have to keep fighting like this you know i want like i don't know about bj's financials and stuff but is it a financing i mean I, I don't think it is with bj but i think it's just a fighting thing with bj but like there could be a, a situation as well where you know bj have enough money that like he'd be i'm not risking this it's you know it's not worth it uh, to come back and fight again but no, i don't know it's just see the thing with bj is if, if he was to beat a dennis Lever or something like that he's immediately more than likely going to be trying to go That's for somebody, yeah. somebody in the top 10 and it's just going to happen again. What happened with Yair Rodriguez? But at least then he has a fight under his belt. You know, he's back to form. He is a little bit, he might gain a little bit of confidence. confidence yeah. you know? I, I just don't know. But the game, is, the game has passed BJ by, you know, an awful lot. As, I, as you said, there are five years. We won, what, two fights now? That's... You just can't, that you can't catch up on that at his age and with the wear and tear his body is taking and his head is taking as well. But look, um, I suppose before we move on, some serious damage as we as we talked as well against Diaz, Roy McDonald, Edgar, now yeah, yeah. That Diaz fight especially that that was the that was the worst one. Who would you give your year next? I'm I'm just looking at the rankings here. I like I like that Duho Joy fight. You know, I know Duho lost his last fight. Um, but I I like that fight. Yeah, you could know. go Kobe either if you. Yeah, either well, I suppose they're not teammates. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of well, it's kind of like murky whether whether these kind of super teams are whether they train together or whether they don't. Yeah. Sometimes you you you, you um, assume these guys have been training together like back in the day, Rory McDonald and Carlos Condit and stuff. But then you find out, oh no, they actually don't train together. They, they just have the same head coaches. Yeah. So yeah, it's, here's a weird thing as well. I was talking to Patrick about this the other day. That that Carlos Condit um, GSP fight, I like GSP. Greg Jackson wasn't allowed to train Condit for that whole camp, even though like he is his trainer. Like GSP goes to Albuquerque the odd time, or he used to back then. But GSP like had his head trainer Ferras in his corner, and Condit had that. I think he had Winkle John, just Winkle John, no Greg Jackson for the whole camp. I like that never stood well with me. It's like if it, like if you were GSP there, if you were any good, you would have said keep Winkle John or keep uh, keep Jackson in your corner. You know, I don't, I know I never liked that. I was never a fan of that. Yeah, but um, and another one maybe um. Another one that he could fight, maybe it's Dennis Bermudez. Yeah, Bermudez is fighting Korean Zombie soon, isn't he? Yeah, that's the winner if he wins. Oh that yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. The winner of that maybe. Yeah, a Korean Zombie against Yair be a good fight, wasn't it? Man, yeah. not like that. The Korean Zombie though, as we say, like he's been out now for a couple of years. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what he looks like. He's been off on the, the military in the military, so I wonder how much he's been keeping up. And um, it's hard to know. We haven't heard much from him. At all, like we haven't seen uh, videos of him training at gyms or anything like that. Well, I haven't anyway. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, like a, lo- a long time out of the game to come back against a top guy. Yeah, definitely. Um, a top ten guy, anyway. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on. Look, at, have a quick look at the rest of the card. Um, I suppose Joel Ozan against Marcin Held. It was a split decision win. Joel Ozan came out afterwards and said that he didn't agree with the decision that he thought Marcin won. 
how did you score it first of all? Yeah, he was actually clapping. He was actually clapping Martin yeah. during the decision, and then he was like, "Oh, I won." <laughs> Fair play to him as well. Like not many yeah. people, they usually Pure even if class. they got their ass kicked over over three rounds, they'll be claiming they won, especially if they get given the decision. Yeah. Did you score it for Lausanne or Hill? I wasn't scoring it uh, round by round, but I, I I thought that Lausanne or that uh, Lausanne had lost. Yeah, I thought uh, he'd won the first Lausanne where he dropped a bunch of elbows when uh, Martin Hill was trying to get a takedown and. He, uh, he nearly finished him there, and he, he actually went for an armbar, missed that. But it was it was uh, it was definitely Joe Lozon's first round. So that so that thirty twenty seven the held uh, scorecard was was crazy from uh, the judges, like yeah, or the one judge. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the twenty nine twenty eight uh, held for the second and third round would have been the right scorecard. But um, it was a close fight. Like it wasn't wasn't anything robbery or anything like that in my opinion. It was it was a close fight. It was, that was why it was, it was uh, so surprising that Joe Lozon was was saying he lost because it was it was close enough that uh, he could have got away with it. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought Hell definitely won second and third, and I thought the first was I know you gave good points about why Lozon won, but I thought that was close as well. I scored it for Lozon. I scored it twenty nine twenty eight held, but like I think twenty nine twenty eight held and thirty twenty eight thirty twenty nine held. Or th- what am I saying? Thirty twenty seven held were the only good scores, really. Thirty twenty seven is not great, but I'm okay with it. I don't see Lozon win that fight at all, and I pick Lozon and everything. So, yeah, it was <clears throat> it was a good fight. I, like my first thought was rematch. Have him have him rematch. I, I like that fight. I think you know I don't think both guys are going anywhere that fast anyway. So um, you know it's it's a tough one for Held because I think he came in that first fight. This is second fight in the UFC now, isn't he? And he fought BJ Pin or um. Diego Sanchez in his first one, and I uh, kind of and I didn't look great in that another close fight again. But I think he had a little bit of jitters in this fight. This one he came out, he looked smooth, he looked good to me, and um, I thought he was I thought he was very unlucky against a tough, gritty veteran like uh, like Joel Ozan. He kind of got a little bit tired in the second, and um, maybe that, I was thinking maybe that's what counted against him. You know, he looked tired and Lozan hit him with a couple of shots, and that could have counted against him. But he kind of got a second wind in as as the third round came in. And uh, he did well in the last. Like Lozan almost had him in two arm bars, and like he's so dangerous after round. Like this is only this Lozan now has twenty seven wins in his career, and this is only the second win by by um, decision. So like he's such a finisher for for Marcin just to keep with him and not get finished by him is is a big thing. Even though like he's good at submission action and stuff himself, but yeah, for someone who's Joe Lozan got a got a dodgy decision against him in his last fight, so he can't. Re- it's not as if he's he's been very lucky and this is another decision that he doesn't deserve it's a close fight where it could have went either way as you say and uh but yeah with, with joe lozon it, he's, he's always an exciting fighter it's always good scrambles like martin held is the same like, as you say the rematch like I, I, i'd want to see that yeah and marcy Mar- it seemed like joe lozon got a bit tired as the fight went on yeah, uh, Martin was yeah. taking his back a bit easier, and maybe Joe Lozon had a couple of injuries going in or something that he that he seemed to gas out earlier than usual. But um, yeah, I, I, like it's people were calling robbery and all that on on Twitter, but no, like it's a close fight, and a lot of people might have had Joe Lozon um, in their accumulator, so we're we're secretly delighted with. The <laughs> yeah, uh, another close decision: Ben Saunders against Court McGee. I didn't really see any of the. Um... The, the Twitter reaction or anything to this, but I thought McGee won. Uh, ben Saunders got the got the decision. Um, how did how did you score that one? Did you have it for Saunders? Did you have it for McGee? 
Yeah, I had it, I actually had it for McGee, but it was very, very close again. Uh, the first round, yeah, it was, they were actually all close rounds. I think the 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 marking on the, the fact that Court McGee's face got marked up on yeah. a couple of different occasions made it seem like he was he was eating more of the shots. But I thought he was actually landing the the better stuff and his pressure and his pressure in Saunders. But it was another it was another one where when it went to the judges' scorecard, you, you knew it could go either way. So there was no there was no. Uh, Complaints really either way. Yeah, I wasn't. It, it was the third round that McGee won, won very, very well, and I think the first two were pretty close. I agree, you know, I could, it could have really gone either way. But I thought, like for me, watching that, watching that fight live, I was like, um, or well, live for me, I was like, um, McGee was landing, he was landing more output, and I think he was landing the harder shots as well. But Saunders was landing like the crisper shots and the cleaner shots. I was like, uh, if the, if that was a an amateur boxing fight. I think like Saunders would have won like five nil or something in, in the rounds. But I think in MMA, I, I liked um, I liked uh, McGee's work the most. And it's not, and I'm not dumb to get me wrong here. I'm not saying output won him. But I think the output with the power as well won it for him. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it's kind of what you like. I think in that fight more than anything. But I think under the current judging criteria, I uh, you know I think those first two rounds should have been for uh, should have been for McGee. But um, yeah. Or well, one of them. Anyway. Well, I think the, the, third, the third round, yeah, the third round was the one where McGee got the takedown, I think, and, and uh, uh, Ben Saunders went for the dead orchard, but couldn't really get anything going. Um, and uh, Cormac McGee just kind of passed through the, the dead orchard and was kind of just landed a couple of shots. So, yeah, as you say, like there was a couple of big, big kicks to the body and big kicks from from Saunders, kind of flashy and kind of wow moments that might have influenced the judges in such a close fight as well. But as you say, I, I agree with you and that uh, the high pressure game and the higher volume would have edged it from for me for court mcgee but but i wasn't surprised at all especially with the, the cosmetic damage on his face and and how close the rounds were that the, that the judges went went with uh bent on this yeah for me the performance of the night and the whole card was sergio pettis against john moraga i think this was yeah. the fight that changed sergio pettis's career i think he looked absolutely phenomenal. I was so impressed with his footwork, with his movement, with his hands, you know, with his power, everything. Very, very impressed. And make no mistake about it, I picked John Mraga. I think John Mraga is a very good fighter, underrated, you know, and he's unlucky to be on a, kind of a three-fight skid at the moment. But, you know, the way... I was very impressed with the way Pettis was was kind of changing stances and, and not just changing stances to change stances, but he was changing stances to kind of bamboozle Moraga because Moraga was kind of coming in with the with the right hand he was changing the stance and kind of you know hitting him from kind of the opposite direction when when Moraga was coming in with it. I thought he did it beautifully the one thing I found odd about about Pedersen this was he kept defending the takedown with the uh with the guillotine which I was like okay it's working for him but one time Moraga took him down from it and that was great. But yeah, the first time, the first takedown Moraga went for, I think he pulled the guillotine and, then, and ended up missing it on the bottom. And then he kind of yeah. he kind of sprawled out of the guillotines from then on and didn't pull guard on them and just kind of got a hold of the neck until he could work his way out. But it, every time, every time he did it though, he got either taken down or pushed against the fence. And I'm like, Sergio, there's better ways of defending a takedown. You know, some of those takedowns were 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 pretty bad. I think other people will see that and they'll throw themselves into the guillotine to get him against the fence. You know, it, because if he does that every time, that's an easy way of getting. You know, if if he fights. Try take him down into side control and then yeah, the exactly. like, oh, no. Who who's in that way class now? What's he fighting that flyweight? You know, if you fight someone like an Ian McCall or something, I can see Ian McCall because Ian McCall's in, you know he's not getting similar that way. Pushing him 
you know, going for a takedown, trying hoping that he guillotines him, pushing him against the cage and neck him down. He was, he was, you know, he took him down twice. I think Maraga. He took him down kind of once in open water and once against the cage as well. And I think that's that's a little bit of a deficiency he needs to work on. But that's kind of nitpick. And I thought, you know, it looked phenomenal in, in the stand up. Um, people kind of confuse Sergio with Anthony sometimes. You know, not confuse him, but kind. Of, of think they're a similar fighter but they're very very different fighters um and i think you know as i said sergio's footwork and his movement is a lot lot better than anthony's whereas then i don't think his takedown defense is as good i don't think his submission game is as good yet but still young improving guy and i think uh it's inevitable he's going to get a, a title shot in the next 18 months maybe yeah it was very strange when he came into the ufc at 135 even though he'd been he'd been fighting on the regional or on the the lower scene or the, the regional scene at a, a flyweight so that was very strange maybe they thought he was gonna he was so young he was gonna grow into the weight class but he, he kind of didn't but uh, i thought his um his uh coolness and his technical striking was what did it and he just kind of he, he gave a different looks to moraga and um, moraga i know i picked pettis to win the fight before but i expected a bit more from moraga to be honest he looked he didn't look great he looked a bit uh a bit sloppy and Short notice yeah, too. Yeah, but yeah, in fairness, he did take it on short notice, so that that's another um, that's an, that's another factor. But yeah, it, it, they were all close rounds. But I thought um, Sergio's tactical striking and just uh, picking the shots better was what won him the was one of the fight. And as you say, that them them guillotines, like people pulling guillotines, you want to make sure you have that guillotine before you pull guard, or you're just going to end up on bottom. And he could have he could have thrown that round away and. You're around down then, and mm-hmm. it's an uphill battle from there. But uh, fair play to Sergio; like he's coming on a lot. Like uh, he, he looked like he he might have been in there a bit too soon when he came in. I think yeah. that was more down to 135, or it was m- more down to a factor of both, probably the fact that he was in there a little too soon and he was fighting up a weight class. But I think at uh, 25, he can definitely make a run at, at the at the at the title, as you were saying. Yeah. Another thing is another um weight class i think that could be wrong is frankie signs a bantamweight like that watching that fight against agosta mendez which he lost by a you know a split decision i kept thinking like frankie signs should be fighting a 125 i just the whole way through the fight he just he's a good fighter very good in his uh, light in his feet you know lands good shots but just the power isn't there and although he hurt mendez with a lovely elbow at one stage and he hit him with a nice shot as well i want another stage I just think it's too easy for fighters to kind of walk through his his shots, and I think he's kind of a small guy for the weight as well. I think you know, I think he can get those ten pounds down and get one down to one twenty five. But still, this one I thought I thought it was very close. I, you know, I think this was the closest of all the decisions. Um, I was kind of torn between who I'd give it to, but I like I like Augusta Mendes. I think he's improving an awful lot. It was a it was a pretty good fight. Yeah, definitely. Frankie signs like he's uh, he's like a. <laughs> He's a wrestler, so he's he's been cutting weight for years. So it, maybe he could make that 125 division. You'd be you'd be surprised though, with some guys that even that look small at, at the division, how much they're actually cutting to get there. I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about Frankie Signs, but yeah, um, it was it was a very good win for Gusto Mendez. Like he's uh, he's a very experienced experienced guy. Uh, Frankie Signs, like he he had a close fight with uh, Uriah Faber there about a couple of years ago. So he, he's he's no joke, and Gusto Mendez is early in his career and. He obviously got a really tough, tough outing in his last one against Cody Garbrandt and, and got sparked in the first round. But we we saw against Dominic Cruz how uh, how, we, how uh, easily that could happen. Well, it didn't happen to Dominic Cruz, but we we, we could see how um, how that's no that's no shame at all to have uh, lots of Cody Garbrandt in the first round on your record. 
Yeah. Just before we move off this card, just let's touch quickly on the two uh, two big heavyweight fights. There were a couple of heavyweight fights, but uh, your boy Alexi Olenek pulling off the Ezekiel chalk from the bottom and mount. It's just amazing. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows the Ezekiel chalk is a favorite of mine. Um, the most amazing thing about this, I thought, and uh, I know you've you've a couple of feelings about this, was Daniel Cormier's commentary. He's like, <laughs> he kept saying, "Oh, look, he's choking him." He's, uh, no, Daniel, it's not in. <laughs> like, you know, does he even know what an Ezekiel chalk is? Like, it, I thought it was. I thought it was really weird commentary, you know. For uh, and maybe that's that's just me saying it now, but I think a lot of people wouldn't have known what that chalk is and kind of needed explained to them. And he, I thought he did, he did a terrible job of, of doing that. But um, yeah, I thought Daniel Cormier started off started off really shaky on the first few fights. He kept talking about himself. He kept bringing everything back to himself. But as as the as the event went on, he got a little bit better. I thought, but um, yeah, that it wasn't great commentary in, in that fight. But uh, Alexi Olenek with that old man strength and yeah, he, he, letting Pesta mount him so he can get a better angle <laughs> on the on the Ezekiel. Oh, he just baited him, baited him into mount like. It was just, uh, he's, he's great to watch it like he actually is i love watching him he's just catching some kind of like scarf holder or some some headlock or neck crank or ezekiel choke or something something mad like yeah it's a bit different like you know it can be a bit samey sometimes with these kind of non-top 10 top 15 guys but he's always a, he's always good, good, good value He's one of those guys that I always forget who he is <laughs> until he fights, and I was like, "Jesus, what's this ninety-year-old dude fighting? <laughs> you know, fighting in the UFC for?" Yeah. But yeah, how do you actually spell his name as well? Like, I see his name spelled like so many different ways on different websites. I think don't think anybody knows how to spell his name properly. Just probably like a, a Russian spelling or another. Where's he from again? Um, Poland? Is he? I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah, doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Victor Victor Pest actually didn't look too bad, I suppose. But you don't get into you don't get on the ground with the ball constrictor. You get your head ripped off, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, no, sorry, he is Russian. Uh, and actually, Alanek is Russian. So yeah, maybe there's like a Russian spelling and there's an English spelling. But uh, yeah, he he he's had 51 wins, <laughs> 10 losses, and one draw. So he's been around. Give that man the black beast, Derek Lewis. That's what I say. Put him in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine Derek Lewis's mount against his submissions for mount. You know who's gonna who's gonna come up? Well, what about your boy Fran? Ah, uh, Francie, destroy him! Come on, don't don't do that to poor Lexi. Your boy, your boy Lexi. <laughs> don't let him. Another man that could come up against uh, against uh, Francie and Gano pretty soon is Walt Harris, who I was very impressed with, and I haven't been in the past. I think I think this this was another um, case of maybe a guy bedding himself into the UFC over a few fights. You know, he lost. What he lost three of his first five fights in the UFC or four of his first six even but he came out last night and he looked he looked tremendous to me he looked very good on his feet you know landing landing his jab landing his his uh big uh was it is he a south by i think he's a south by big left hand down the down the center and he's stopping uh stopping takedowns and stuff like that although chase sherman didn't didn't throw too many of them at him i think the the wrestling is always going to be uh, maybe his weak point, but I think it's it, it might be improving a little bit. And uh, I, I was impressed with him. You know, he's very, very athletic, and there is the um, the makings, as the people in West Limerick would say, of a, of a good fighter in him. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of uh, talk about him before he kind of came to the, or well, not a lot, but people were, were high on him before he came to the UFC. And obviously, it was a very tough style matchup uh, to make your UFC debut against Jared Rashalt, who's, who's just going to try and. Take you down and smother you and just grind on you, and then the Nikita Krylov fight he he got spectacularly knocked out and it, it kind of people kind of like oh well, maybe we were wrong about Walt Harris. And not everybody can be like a, t- a top guy. Not everybody can be a top three, top five guy. You need you need these guys in the UFC. You, you need these kind of 
these these tests to give the guys like Sao Pelaley was kind of a similar guy before he retired. He was like, if you can beat him, you're good. Yeah, he's kind of like brute strength and kind of power. Like so, uh, a... you you're close personal friends with Sao Pelaley, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I did an interview with him once and he, he shared it out as the main man Graham did an interview or something nice. like that it was pretty funny <laughs> I, I don't know how I remember that that's that's some good knowledge there for yeah, me I think you told me talking about once yeah. like f- four years ago or something but yeah um, yeah he kept sharing it out every every couple of weeks it was funny <laughs> it was like the same interview he kept putting it out Like great man anything else from that card uh, you want to, that I might have missed or that uh, happened on the on the night um Nina Antaroff got a good finish there as well, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Nina Antaroff came from came from behind. She looked she she looked um she looked off the off the pace in the in the first round, but as it went on, she she found her feet and and turned the fight around and comfortably won. Also, uh, Tony Martin and and White was Alex White who uh, who holds the win over Artem Lobov. Uh, Martin Martin just pushed him up against the cage, tried to take him down, landed knees. Uh, I, I think I'm not sure what round it was, but Alex White. I think it was the first or the second round. Alex White clipped him and uh, had him rocked, but uh, he just it was uh, too easy for Tony Martin to push him up against the cage and start working from there again. Alex White didn't really seem to have an answer to that. Yeah, but it was it was a close fight and uh, um, it was it was it was decent. Yeah. The rest of the fights mm, they weren't great to be honest. Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a lackluster card, like the. The main event kind of put a dampener on it as well. <laughs> Seeing PJ like that, but, but maybe that's kind of influencing my uh, my memory of the card a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of glad I did so for it. I suppose, and I I didn't enjoy these cards more when I can watch them on in like fifty minutes, you know, and just forward through the bits that uh that I kind of need to watch. But yeah, I thought um just a quick Sir Lasker got a, a big KO as well. Uh, Joachim Christensen got a KO against Bian Bian Mihailovic, and Dakar Klaus made his debut as well. Uh, you were, I didn't see it yet, but you told me it was not that impressive. But uh, I think he's one to, well, yeah, to keep yeah. an eye on, isn't he? There's a lot of good talk about him. Yeah, yeah, there's there's good hype behind him. Um, yeah, it's Powell didn't look great to be honest. He he, he looked kind of uh, he didn't look very strong. He looked kind of he could do it a bit of strength and conditioning. I'd say. Yeah. Um, he just got overwhelmed. He just got pushed up against the cage, and he just yeah, he just. He, he didn't have he didn't have much of an answer for for closest game. Yeah, right. Let's move on. Our next topic of discussion, <laughs> and I hate to say this, but it's it's Conor McGregor against Floyd Mayweather talking in. I suppose this time it's a little bit different. Um, in that there's been an offer laid on the table by UFC President Dana White. He offered um, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor both twenty five million each and a, a share of the pay-per-view uh, percentage after that uh, Floyd Mayweather came back and basically said showed his watch and <laughs> said that he doesn't kind of fight for that but then he came out and did another interview that I saw yesterday and he said um, he kind of the person asked him is 25 million you know you earn a lot more than that you know were you kind of disgusted by that or whatever and he was like yeah, 25 million is a lot of money you know it wasn't it wasn't like he was throwing it out of the water straight away and uh, and you know, I think it was a good base from where to to talk about it from. But he said, like, he got thirty two million for his last fight and stuff like that. And he, he was saying, you know, it's not too far off and stuff. But we leave that away for a second. But then he kind of he went after Dana White and said, you know, he used to carry my bags and things like that, and he used to be a small time promoter, and that the, the Fertitas were in charge, and now he's just an employee of the UFC. Um, 
<laughs> I suppose usually when we talk about Mayweather and McGregor, there's kind of it's all speculation. There's not to talk about. It's just hype and stuff like that. But now we actually have things happening. <laughs> are you, do you hate it as much as me? Are you kind of enjoying it a little bit perversely, like me as well? As of as of Dana White coming on and actually confronting it and saying here here's an offer and I know mm. the offer isn't isn't hundred million, which is what Fulbright want. But with, with a pay per view percentage, depending on how how high that pay per view percentage is, it could it could easily go over hundred million. So I'd say Floyd will be interested in in seeing what percentage Dana Dana has in mind. So it kind of has taken it to a to a out of fantasy land into into like this is possible, unlikely, unlikely but possible. Yeah, but yeah, it's still a long way to go, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be booking flights or getting too excited <laughs> or anything like that. Anyway, look for for this fight to happen. I put it up on the internet at the weekend that um or on Twitter, sorry that look Dana White made made an offer to Conor McGregor and he made an offer to Floyd Mayweather, but for this this fight to actually happen, I think it's Floyd Mayweather needs to make an offer to Dana White and Conor McGregor because for the fight to happen, obviously it's going to be a boxing match. You know, it's not going to be MMA. And Floyd Mayweather is obviously obviously the king of boxing. He makes all the money out of his own fights. He promotes himself. You know, his relationship with, with Showtime. He's had a relationship with other people in the past, Oscar De La Haye and all that. But if you don't know about Floyd Mayweather, right, as I said, he promotes himself. Like, he gets huge share of the pay-per-view, like, takes it all himself basically he gives who he fights usually like a fat uh, a flat percentage he gets a share of every f- tickets that's sold you know if you buy a fucking bar of chocolate in the mgm when flight member is uh fighting you know he's probably getting 15 percent of that or something you know something like that so that's that's what you're talking about here in that interview as well he said he made 40 million in sponsorship money i think or something like that um before his last fight like that that's what you're talking about here so that's unrealistic, I think, for Dana White and the UFC to deal with. So if this fight's going to happen, and we're talking about realistically going to happen here. Okay, Floyd Mayweather could decide to go. But, yeah, whatever. If Floyd Mayweather could decide to go to the UFC and, you know, make it easy for himself, just get the money and, you know, do it like that. But if he wants to make the most money out of it, he's going to have to do it. It's going to be have to be a Mayweather promotions, in, maybe in conjunction with UFC and McGregor promotions, and he gets loads of money and he pays Conor McGregor, he's flat, maybe 25 million, you know, and, and a share of the pay-per-view purse as well. But, and you could see McGregor getting 50, 60 million. That's how this fight's going to happen, right? And I don't think there's any other way uh, that it's going to happen on, you know, unless McGregor gets out of his contract or whatever. Um, that's that's the real thing about it for me, right? Um, do you do you agree with that, or do you think that Mayweather could do it like this? Or do, do, you know, What's the UFC's offer realistic? Um, hmm. um, well, when Floyd was asking for at least 100 and so, I think Dana's trying to negotiate publicly. I think was, what was telling was, if we can trust anyone, he says that Floyd hasn't been in contact with the UFC or with him or anybody, so that they haven't really made offers. Even though Floyd has claimed, "Oh, I've made this offer, made that offer," so it does seem like Floyd is just is just talking. And that see, it's it's, it's a risky bout for him because what what's what's to stop Connor just kicking him in the head? If, if <laughs> I heard someone else saying, what, that, what's yeah. to stop him oblique kicking him? What's to stop him kneeing him in the head if he dips his head down? Like nothing's to stop him. He could get uh, prosecuted. Floyd was um, grappling and all that stupid fighting in his boxing breaks all the time. Yeah, but it's different kicking someone in the head. Like, I doubt he'd do it. Like, McGregor's yeah. not going to do it. If you, if, you if, you, if you eat a punch and you're kind of rocked, 
and somebody's coming in and you see the knee there and you're a mixed martial artist, that could be your, your automatic response is to throw that knee. Yes. Like if, if I was Connor, I'd be putting it into Floyd's head that I might be I'm, at any moment I might kick him <laughs> in the head and, and lead up to the fight and have him freaked out and have him work, talking to the commission, being like, this guy, this, or have him freaking out. I do all that. I play all them mind games. If we're if we're gonna actually get into right the fight itself, I, I have two thoughts. Well, well, <laughs> I'm gonna keep calling it a fight. You can just like it. It's about Grant. Well, it's not a fight. Yeah, but I'm well, gonna keep calling it a fight, so you can just get used to it. Um, <laughs> this is this is basically a WWE fight for me. You know, it's the the outcome is known beforehand. You know, if if it's boxing. Miller is obviously going to win if it's MMA and it's not going to be McGregor's obviously going to win you know this is this is not a real fight you know this is this is fake this is a fake fight you know they're going to go out McGregor's going to try but he's not going to win you know this is this is no intrigue for me whatsoever like if I had to pay 60 quid for this I'd definitely buy it because it'd be good crack <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it isn't it's not a, it's not a real fight you know he has no McGregor has no chance of winning if, if they box you know it's and we ha- like I think I think it's important to say that as well because I don't think people are saying it enough. Like, and I I think people know. I think everyone knows, but you have to say it as well. You know, it, it's insane. But if you leave that aside and we go a bit insane, right? Pa- uh, Patrick came up with a great plan for me. I think like he, he asked me the question, "Who do you think?" And I'll ask it to you right now, and then I'll give you what he said because I don't want to take credit. If Conor McGregor is fighting Floyd Mayweather, who would you send him to to train? What boxing coach or former boxer? I don't really know that many. I'm not that big into boxing. I wouldn't know that many. Like Freddie Roach got a bad record against against Floyd, hasn't he? I suppose everybody yeah, does because he's undefeated. <laughs> well, you you have to look kind of outside the box because he's not going to beat him at boxing. You know, he's not going. If you put him straight up boxing against Floyd Mayweather, he's not going to win. We know that. But here's 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 Patrick's idea. Well. What boxer made boxing different? What what boxer didn't fight the same as all the rest of them? You know, he didn't. You know, he didn't do the normal things, and that's Prince Nazim. Uh, Roy Jones Jr. Prince Nazim Hamed did that. That's where uh, he goes. Well, Connor kind of fights or boxes yeah. like from Prince Nazim with the uppercut and the, the, the flashy. He goes to Sheffield. He goes to Ingles Gym and he boxes with them and he talks a whole lot of shit. He holds his hands down, tries to draw Mayweather in, and throws like hands shots from his hips and stuff like that. That's how I think he fights. Yeah. I think they'd be up for it. Well. They're they're big fans yeah. of, of Nassim. Made a, he doesn't make much public comments about stuff like this, but he talked about Connor and how this is even before Connor was the the featherweight champion about how uh, his brother had told him, "Oh, you need to check out this guy." And he's like, "Oh, I'm not into MMA or whatever." But he checked him out and he was like, "This guy is is, is for real." And he said he reminded him of him. And so I'd say, yeah, Nassim and his team might be might be up for that. But I, I'm not sure what is like. Is that team still together? Is it, it is. Yeah, that's Chain Kelbrook. The England team, yeah. Oh yeah, they have okay. a good team. Yeah, they have lots of uh, lots of different good boxers. I think it's in England. It's in it? Sheffield, yeah. So I think he's fat. Like it was his father. I think it, Dominic Ingle. I'm not sure if Dominic's is under the the father. I think it might be both. I'm not sure, but his father trained Naz, and he trains all the younger fighters like Kel Brook. And so a very good trainer, you know. But yeah, I think that's that's realistic. If if he did that, um, here so is, I suppose is the big question: How realistic do you think it is that it's actually going to happen? Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't think it's like unrealistic, but it's it's. I just would put a very low percentage on it, like lo- less than five percent. Yeah, I I think it went from unlikely 
to possible, maybe. Uh, but it's still unlikely, I suppose. But, uh, you know, when I heard that Dana White thing, my first uh, thing was, this isn't an offer to Dana White. Or this isn't an offer to Floyd Mayweather. This is kind of a, this is the offer you should be sending me, Floyd, kind of job, you know. I, I wonder if Floyd offered the UFC 25 million and offered Conor McGregor 25 million. Would the fight happen then? What do you, do you think it would? If, imagine if Fly just comes up, I wanna, I mm. want to fight your fighter. Here's twenty five million, and I'll do everything else. That's your compensation for giving me Conor McGregor for one fight. No, I don't think they would. I do think you're so? looking at getting the percentage of the the pay per views. They're thinking this is this is going to be millions of pay per views, and it's just, it's a big risk for the UFC. Like if, if Conor goes out there and loses badly to Floyd, it, it does. It will probably take a bit of the bit of the shine off him. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It won't because I, I think people do realize, even though you know it's people don't realize. That's the thing. Yeah, they people do don't realize, but they don't. You have to be a true idiot not to realize. Like, yeah, most people. <laughs> that is that's a good point. Yeah, but look, it, it, I, I I'm a bit like that meme, you know, where it said <laughs> Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather shouldn't fight. It'd be really stupid, you know. They they fight different sports, and then <laughs> the, the other government would like to hold on, give them about a hundred million, and let them fight. <laughs> that, that, that's, kind of, that's where I am at with it at the moment. I think that's where uh, where mo- most people are. But you know, Mayorga was suggesting a boxing first round, MMA second round. Uh, well, it'd be over in the second round, then, because McGregor no, yeah, him first, but... and he'd destroy him in the second. It'd be a lot more interesting if that was the case. <laughs> Why you just? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think like McGregor definitely. Floyd would have to go for him in the first. Floyd have to go for him in the first round in the back round. I think it'd be give it five rounds. You wouldn't be able to, to fight on the back foot and just be ultra defensive and put on defensive mascot. He'd have to go for it because he'd, he'd he's toast. This is how you make it fair, right? Twelve rounds, twelve three minute rounds. The first five rounds boxing. The sixth round MMA, the next five rounds boxing, and the last round MMA. <laughs> yeah, be over in the sixth that'd round. That'd be that'd be class. <laughs> Would McGregor survive five rounds? If if he knew that the sixth round was coming, I think he could. Yeah, I think if that. Uh, oh, I like this. I think we found it. I think I solved it right there. I think if he if he just knew, I have to just survive fifteen minutes. And that's the only that's the only thing I'm trying to do here. You could do it. I'm intrigued by this stuff. I like that. But Mayweather, and I don't think the commission... But this is never going to happen. This is all fancy land stuff. <laughs> yeah, like. but I don't think the commission would allow that. I don't think Mayweather loves <laughs> who they were. Yeah, I think it's that's all a bit insane. But, uh, yeah. It, it's all a bit insane, the whole it thing is, itself. Like. It is. Oh, God, I don't know. And I think the thing is, like, McGregor is a little bit silent about this. You know, I, I know he put up the emoji and things and called out um, some... What was the dude? CJ something? Was it one of the uh, boyfriends of someone that Mayweather beat up, one of the girls Mayweather beat up or something like that? I'm not sure. Oh, I didn't see that. But um, he's been very quiet. And when McGregor goes quiet, it's usually when things are kind of happening, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of bad timing if he if he does want to take a break, though, as well. It's kind of it is, not weird. exactly the, the, the best timing. Yeah, but these things usually happen you have the the may card and then i think there's like a september one as well that's usually yeah, when i think floyd september. somebody is saying floyd always fights may and september so it'll be either one of them yeah. so may, may is because no canelo is fighting um canelo is fighting may so that's that day taken they're not going to be fighting that day so it'll probably be september so that'd be perfect time and to come back you know if he's having the baby in may or march or whatever it is for mcgregor there you go 
that's it. Yeah, you'd want to be putting in a good bit of training in, in the boxing realm though as well beforehand. Like you would. You would in fairness, but look, these these things Maybe uh, maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe McGregor's off off boxing. Who knows? Yeah, could be. He, I saw he was in SPG there not too long ago. He was in John Cavanagh had him on his Instagram and stuff. So he could be in the Celtic Warrior gym or something, boxing training. Any spies in there, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I see small little five foot three lads who shoulder roll in with him there. Is he boxing against or anything? Let us know. Uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, any, any closing thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I think it, it, it is fun to kind of speculate on it, but I think it's extremely unlikely. I think it's 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 risky on everybody's part, the UFC's part, Floyd Mayweather's part, Conor's part. Every, every, it would be huge, like it, it definitely would be. That is that that is the only reason why it is a possibility. It's because of the, the money it would generate, and money Mayweather, the UFC, or obviously trying to make money. WME are just taking over. They want to make money. Conor wants to make everybody involved wants to make money. That's and it is a huge money thing. That's the only reason why it's actually even a debate. I think now, I, I mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I just I still don't see it happening now. Yeah, I I agree. I'm probably I'm seventy percent it won't happen. Thirty percent it will now, which is higher than I've ever been. That's very very high. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I still don't don't think it will. Uh, as you said, there, it's it's a money thing. This is from from a if I'm just looking at it from a kind of a bushido point of view, like this is a. <laughs> It's a joke fight, really. Like it's, it's. I don't want to see it. Give me Aldo versus uh, Heavy. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I'll get that into every podcast. <laughs> it happens. But uh, let's let's move on, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Bellator card next weekend. But, but just before we do that, uh, they announced this week that they're coming back, and they're they're going to be in in Belfast uh, with Chris Fields against Liam McGeary. James Gallagher is also on the uh, on the card, and you're going to have Norman Park against. Um, Paul Redmond as well on, on that card. Yeah, Colin Some, Fletcher is on the, on the card. Steve yeah. Owens versus Joy Herbert. Uh, Andy Young versus Dominic Wooding. Uh, Reese McKee is yeah. fighting uh, someone as well, isn't he? He's defending his belt. Yeah, he's uh, Reese is. Uh, let me check. He's he's, he's fighting most price, but also uh, yeah. Johnny Johnny Jitsu is. I can't remember his opponent's name, but he's he's uh, he's added to the card as well. So there's a lot of Irish talent on it already. Yeah. Uh, I, I assume Sinead uh, Kavanaugh will be on there as well. If you see it on Snapper up first, uh, James Gall- James Gallagher, uh, Coker Scott Coker, the president of Bellator MMA, said that uh, he, they're looking to put him on the card and that he'll be there. Uh, opponent hasn't been matched yet. A lot of people are yeah, kind of Alan Philpott came out and did an article with PT and said yeah. uh, even though he's been calling for for a Belfast show for for a good three or four years, he says. Uh, Time. He's, he's taking a career break, and it's, he, he needs to get he needs to get his shit together, and that he's not going to fight just because it's Belfast. And I think that's a very mature decision to make as yeah, well. Like, this. Very yeah. a lot of people are criticizing the main event, yeah. the um, uh, Chris Fields against Liam McGeary, you know, and I can understand why. I suppose you know Chris hasn't, you know, he's a couple of wins in in the last while, but you know he hasn't fought real top level competition in a long time. Um, if ever, really. Um, and I suppose Liam McGeary, you know, he's the champion until his last fight, until he lost it. So it's maybe it's a little bit odd matchmaking. But if you look at the actual fight itself, you know, two big, long guys who hit hard, good submissions, you know, it's, it's, it's I think it's not a bad fight. Obviously, you'd have to favor, you know, you'd have to favor McGeary just for where he's got in his career and what stage he's at in his career. You know, Chris is maybe near the end of his career and, you know, you know hasn't fought at the level McGeary has fought at. So, um, you could understand why people yeah. are talking about it, but how, how did you see it? Um, 
when you're yeah, but Chris has fought some t- some t- really tough guys like John Phillips, who just got signed for the UFC. He fought him, and uh, he was he was winning that fight, and he actually front kicked him in the throat, but then ended up getting guillotined. And then he fought like Jesse Taylor, um, Chuck Cone, I know him crazy. All right, yeah, okay, he, I was like, wrong. He fought good people. Go on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, but like, yeah, um, it is a very very tough fight, and but I think Bellator listened to listened to the fans who wanted yeah. an Irish guy in the main event. They didn't want to, they like. A lot of people after James and Anthony Taylor, Anthony, uh, James Gallagher and Anthony Taylor in Dublin in the last Bama Bellator collaboration show, they just left after the after the co-main event and King Mo and Ishii were were just fighting in front of a third full audience. So I think they kind of they've taken the suggestion on board that the the Irish fans just want to see Irish guys constantly and they want to see Irish guys in the main event or they're just going to leave. So so they've they've gone with that and. Chris is a former former uh, Cage Warriors champion. Uh, he, he's a known quantity on the European scene, and everybody knows Lee McGeary, obviously, because he's he's former Bellator champion, fighting like Phil Davis, Manuel Newton, and all them guys. So, so yeah, I think it may, I think it makes sense. Uh, I can see where where they're going with it and why they made the decision, and I think it's uh, it's 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 a good decision to have an Irish guy in, in the main event. Yeah, I, I do, I do agree. Yeah. Um, they need to get a TV deal, they though. Do. That's the most important thing about the whole thing. God, they do. And uh, we've, we've, people are a probably live sick TV deal, not a, not yeah. a tape delay TV deal. They don't even need a TV deal. Just throw it up. Or not even a TV deal. It. Yeah, stream, stream. Yeah. Some kind of way of watching it. Even if you have to pay five, ten euros, mm. just make it available to people who want it. I'm, I'm sick of saying it, to be honest. <laughs> like, I don't even bring it up no, in the podcast anymore because we've said it so many times here in this podcast and on Twitter and everywhere else. Uh, I'm just, I'm sick of saying it, but. Yeah, they, they definitely do. Uh, <laughs> I think Bama have a uh, obviously um, great main event as well with Reds are against uh, against Norman Park. Norman Park. Just a, a fantastic fight, one I've been calling for for a good while. Um, I, I, I've been thinking about. I, I'm not sure who's going to win that fight. You know, it's one of those fights. You saw Reds' wrestling was very good in his last fight um, against Chris Stringer. You know, Norman Park. Obviously, we know what his judo is like. Good submissions on the ground as well. If it goes down there, obviously Reds are known for his toe holds. Reds are good, powerful um, striker as well. Norman very good technically. You know, he fought a lot of good guys in the UFC and stuff. Um, but it's a good fight. I, I, I like that fight. I, I think Reds are as well. Maybe if people, if you've only seen him in the UFC, you might realize what a good fighter he is. You know, I, I've said it many times. He didn't get to show what he is in the UFC. You know, in these two fights, obviously, Mirsad Bektic and, and Robert Whittaker um, as uh, featherweight in, you know, in Scotland. It's well. a weight class too too, yeah. too too far on short notice. When he, when he signed for the mm-hmm. UFC, it was it was Bektic on short notice and he couldn't make the way. He was dead before he even got in there. And Bektic is, like, everybody's high on Bektic. Bektic is no joke at all. He's a yeah. very promising fighter. And uh, against Robert Wyford, uh, I thought Reza was doing well until he, until he, <laughs> he got finished. I probably called him Whitaker, did I? I always called him Whitaker. Oh, Whiteford, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, um, you, I, no, you didn't. You got him right. Don't mind me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I think um, people might have a, the wrong view of Red after after the, the UFC stint, but uh, he, he's a very, very, very tough, tough-nosed wrestler, a very good grappler. He's got some good submissions. His striking isn't bad. He's got a massive head. So it's the thing you notice <laughs> about him the second you see him. It's tough to make 145 with a head that big, like... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think you were gonna cut a promo on. on <laughs> 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 uh, take it. He's, he's a big boy. Razor was the first MMA fighter to ever recognize me. That's my claim to fame. I was like, <laughs> I was, that, I was that one of the uh, the cage warriors. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I was standing in the cage where I was a bit, and I was like getting my press pass or whatever, and I was like standing at the thing, and I looked over, and there was Reds alongside me, and I was like, oh, look, it's Reds, <laughs> and he, like, he said a lot to me, I was like, how the fuck do you know me, but that was, that was it, then my, was, my, head, yeah. my head went big then after that, there you go, <laughs> you can blame him, blame him. <laughs> Never will. Uh, anyway, okay, let's move on to the Bellator card this weekend. Um, before we get to the main event, let's look at a couple of the uh, the, the undercard fights. Not a bad all undercard, you know. Kevin Casey's there uh, down. You've uh, Colleen Schneider as well is on that uh, that undercard. Georgie Carcanon against Emmanuel Sanchez. I like that fight. Um, uh, but the, I suppose the top three: Halleck Gracie is fighting his his Saki Kato. Let me get, let me get your thoughts on that one, Graham. Before, before we move on to the rest. Um, yeah, if you don't, if people um, don't know Halle Gracie, the, the owner of Metamorris. The uh, you know, the, he hasn't fought in, yeah, I think years. he's about three, four now, something like that. Yeah. He's undefeated, uh, all submission or mm, not sure, actually. Let me double check that. Uh, I'll check it out. Um, yeah, he's three and all, he has uh, two submissions by Amber. Last time he fought was on the 29th of May 2010. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, when's the last time he fought? It was, it was a good six and a half years ago. Uh, it's so difficult to know what's going to happen because the game moves on so quick and he was already re- very early and inexperienced in his MMA career when he stopped fighting back in 2010 and he's he hasn't he's been busy doing doing other stuff I don't, maybe he has been training MMA the whole time but I don't think so I think it's I think he's been he's been training jiu jitsu teaching jiu jitsu running his own businesses um yeah uh, it's, it's a strange one but I suppose the, the Gracie name always always brings numbers like and Bellator know this like Scott Coker knows this so yeah um I'd have to go with, with Cato but because of the unknowns with, with Gracie but uh if it hits the ground you know <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if, if he pulled yeah. off his submission I think Cato was you know he beat the edge of Matthews in, in his last fight um I mean Jim, Jim Matthews one of these guys that came along he'd kind of uh he was one of those Bellator um uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, a young fighter that's coming prospect, prospect, and he, he you know, he started losing a lot of fights. But he, I think he's a good kind of base fighter. He's not the best fighter in the world, but I think that, you know, that's a win. That that says that Cato is, you know, that happened. In Joe October Schilling last year. as well. He knocked out Joe. Yeah, Schilling. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So like, he's a good MMA fighter. You know, he's he's no, you know, there's no messing about with him. Halleck Gracie hasn't fought what, six years, seven years now. That's. I'd be very, very surprised if if he was able to to get the win there. Yeah. But uh, let's let's move on to the the next two fights. I suppose they're very, very good fights. You know, see him anywhere in the world, you know, you'd be happy with him. Um, Paul Daly against Brendan Ward is is the common event. Obviously, Brendan Ward of, of Irish descent, um, <sighs> knockout artist, good wrestler, mad, insane bastard. Paul Daly, we know him, English <laughs> striker. You know, shots from everywhere, knockout artist, one of the best fights of all time against Nick Diaz. This should be exciting. I, I can't wait for that first round. I think it's going to be very good. Yeah, uh, Brennan Ward is a real first-round fighter. He, he comes out fucking all guns blazing. Sometimes he sometimes he gets finished in the first round or other times he finishes in the first round. But uh, I, uh, Paul Daly, he's, he's, he fell in love with his left hand. He yeah. tries to throw it all the time. But if, if Brennan Ward is smart, he'll just negate that by pushing him against Cage or working the takedown attempts. Even if you don't get the takedown attempts against Paul Daly, you make him worry about them, and it changes him as a fighter. If, if he thinks it's a kickboxing match, he's a lot better than if he has to worry about takedowns. 
So as long as Brendan Ward has the, has the right game plan, he should be able to he should be able to to take uh, Daly down and frustrate him. Some good analysis there, definitely. Um, Paul Daly, in a couple of his uh, his uh, Bellator fights, hasn't been that impressive to me. You know, he went to a decision against Andres Santos, and kind of it wasn't his Bellator or was it his Bellator be- debut? No, it wasn't his Bellator debut, but. Uh, what was it? Maybe it was. But he's re- most recent <laughs> Bellator stint anyway, the first fight of it. Uh, and he was very, I wasn't very impressed with that. He got a couple of KOs since that and he lost to Douglas Lima. With, with, there's no shame in that, I suppose. But Paul Daly isn't the Paul Daly of old anymore, I don't think. And I think Brennan Ward, you know, he's a young berserker kind of a kind of a fighter. And that could be, you know, that could be tough for Paul Daly to um to deal with if he isn't if he isn't on on uh on, on farm beat side of in his last fight did Brendan Ward, which is a good good win. Side of a good fighter. Yeah, you know? Side yeah, so. of himself. Yeah, I look forward to that. It's definitely a fight worth watching. But um I suppose the one they are they're all coming for is the main event. As I mentioned at the start of the show, TRT's former UFC uh light heavyweight champion fought for the the Bellator light heavyweight strap in his last fight and lost to uh, Lee McGeary. Goes up against Chael Sonnen the two three time UFC title challenger in his first fight for Bellator after a long stint out with a PED uh, suspension. He's basically it's, clean now. Basically clean. Basically clean now. I suppose this, this one is a bit of a back story as well. Chelsea on and beat Tito Ortiz in, in college on his birthday in a wrestling match. Uh, and they've kind of been playing that up. Um, Chill was talking about Tito being the one he was kind of uh, hitting for his whole career, even though Tito was light heavyweight and Chill was a uh, middleweight. But I digress. Uh, I, from look, I think this is a good good matchmaking for uh, Chill coming back, and for Tito as well. You know, he's fought a lot of the guys now in in uh, Bellator, and I don't think this is one where he's going to get hurt too badly. Um, Chael could have a little bit of a problem taking Tito down, maybe initially, but I think he eventually will. Uh, you know, Tito's a bigger guy than Chael. You know, Chael was talking on his podcast about struggling to even make 205 to get up to the weight. You know, he's been doing eating competitions and stuff. I wouldn't believe a word he says. <laughs> no, but I think yeah. I think he has. You know, if he's off all the drugs and stuff, you know, he's not he's not the biggest guy in the world. But um, is he though? Is he? Why is he in Bellator? If he's <laughs> apparently they've been doing out of competition testing though, so. Yeah, I don't know. whoever pops for Bellator, Shlomenko. Yeah, got ten year ban. <laughs> I look when you're looking at Chelsea and and Theodore T's fighting, you're kind of looking at someone getting a takedown and someone match. winning under <laughs> someone someone winning on the ground. Yeah, but uh, Chelsea's got a better boxing than a lot of people give him credit. He does. For. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. He knocked Anderson Silva down a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's hard to know with Chael. I'd like to see what shape he's in and, and all that as well, but I'd I def- I, I, I be leaning Chael right now when I haven't seen either of them. I mean, we thought Tito was done a few years ago <laughs> before he got that uh, before he got that uh, Ryan Bader upset upset win. When was that? I mean, it was a quick look. That was 2011, July 2011. Since then, he's beaten Stefan Bonner in uh, Bellator, which is kind of a legends match, split decision. And then Shlomenko as well was a... Uh, he choked him out unconscious with a with an arm triangle. That was a surprising one as well. So it was about four so, weight classes smaller than him. Looking though, that was I've never seen a fight like you know, that. He was good win. You know, like he's 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 not incompetent. You know, he's he's he's, he's yeah. still he still knows the basics pretty well. Like any, uh, I, I I just think Chael's fight to lose. Chael should be able to outstrike him. Chael should be able to tire him out. Tito's endurance recently hasn't been great. I'm not too interested in this fight. I thought there'd be a bit more. I thought the build-up would be a bit more fun than it is. It hasn't been 
that much there hasn't been that much funny stuff or hasn't been that much hype around it really has there? Yeah, I, I think um it was good at the start when Tito did that juice box thing and stuff. That was hilarious. Yeah. And they were looking at each other, that was real funny. But then like people didn't really like that and Bellator kind of I think they might have listened to people too much and stopped it. But I thought that was great. Like when you, when you people love Tito for that, like but they hate him, but they love him. It's you know, and switch is the same thing. Yeah, they love to hate him. Yeah. <laughs> you just want emotion. I love that. Like they should have like Asariel saying, don't, actually don't let Tito speak. I, I was like, let Tito speak. People want to hear him bollocksing over his words and, you know, getting things wrong. People love that. Yeah, people secretly love yeah. Tito. Yeah, they secretly love Tito. When he, when, he, when he was going out against Bader, everybody was ridiculing him. And then when he won, people were loving it. People are like, it's kind of like a guilty pleasure, <laughs> nearly. He's like, he's embarrassed him so many times with his, like, list of excuses and his all this stuff that they're kind of like, they're, they're, they don't want to be publicly on board, but once he once he won, once he wins, then they're then they're publicly on board, yeah. temporarily. Kind of a funny situation. Yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, before we move on, who who do you have winning? You go with Chael. Chael, yeah. And go with Chael. I'm going to Chael maybe to ground and pound win in the in the second maybe. There you go. Tito's tough though. He could hold on. You could see. It. I wonder is it five rounds or three rounds? It's probably three. Is it? With did they did they do five round main events? No, not you. Unless it's for a title, I don't think they do. Yeah. Okay, right. Before we get to the questions, let's go quick fire through two things here. Let's give him like 90 seconds. Hunt's lawsuit, Mark Hunt. What, what? He, he, uh, yeah. People didn't hear, he's suing the UFC and Brock Lesnar, I believe, um, for if, their last fight. Brock Lesnar obviously failed the drug test. If you can find evidence that they did uh, that they did conspire together to, to make sure Brock Lesnar made it to the fight and that you said a UFC or you said it wasn't listed on the, the thing, which is strange. Listen on the, the lawsuit, which is strange. But um, if he can, if if he can find evidence that they that they knew about this or that they that they um, delayed the results of the test, then he could be he, he could be in for a big windfall. But I don't think he's going to be able to prove that. He needs to get WikiLeaks after their emails. That's what he needs to do. Like he has. Yeah. He signed a contract. He, he lost. The problem with this is UFC gave Brock Lesnar four months. Do you know that four-month period that he was supposed to have served without fighting? They let him off with that. Yeah. But that's in the room. Yeah, Mark Hunt seems to, be, seems to be saying that they, they knew he was juicing and they delayed yeah, the test yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. If he, can, if he can prove that, then he is in for a pay, but I don't think he, he's going to be able I to. I don't do think that. so either. If the rule, if the four-month rule, if there was no out for that and they let him fight, then he'd have a great case. But... Yeah, uh, there, is uh, there is an out, and I don't think he can prove that they knew either, so it more than likely be thrown out. Um, next one, just before we get to the questions, the 155-pound interim title mm. has been announced between, uh, who is it? Who's fighting? Habib and Ferguson. Boo, <laughs> get Aldo in there. Uh, a great fight, obviously, brilliant fight. We'll talk about that fight when it's closer. But the interim belt, are you over this whole interim belt thing, or do you still hate it? It's just so lame, yeah. It's so lame. These interim belts. It just takes credibility away from them. Like boxing has a problem with belt credibility, and now WME seem to be trying to create one in the UFC. Yeah, as people know, I don't really care about belts, and I don't get mad about this interim thing at all. This is still champion. He's as we, you know, he's going to defend his belt at lightweight next time he fights. More than likely, you know, that we haven't heard anything to the contrary. You know, um, so you know, I think I thought 
I thought, you know, Aldo fighting Edgar for the interim belt, I thought that was a good idea. When McGregor was fighting Diaz and stuff, fighting a different way, I thought that was fine. But this, he's not gone from well lightweight. You know, he's he's not fly, fighting Mayweather. You know, he's not fighting Diaz at welterweight again. He's not gone down to fly to featherweight. I just, yeah. I don't know. It makes no sense. I don't care, really, to be honest. They take the similar break in between, and there's no interim belts. But this is the new, this is WMEIMG. This is, this is different, I suppose. And... I it's it's very strange. Maybe they, maybe they think that the champion versus champion when when Connor does return will yeah. will sell better. But yeah. I think it just sells anyway. Maybe it does do a couple extra thousand pay per views and makes it worth it for them. Yeah. But I don't know. It just takes a bit of credibility away from the actual belts. Like it's nice to just have the one champion. When I had the when they had the <laughs> the Connor being stripped and Aldo being given the title and then. Holloway fighting for for the that was just ridiculous and I think everybody kind of hoped that it was a once off kind of mess because of the because of the one forty five and one forty five belts one fifty five belts being McConnor that it kind of messed things up a little but it seems like it's just a, it's just a way WME IMG are going with just like as many belts as possible. Yeah, look, a, a lot of people were saying that it's good that it's an interim belt because it makes it five rounds, uh, which I do agree with in one way, but in Another sense of looking at it is the UFC make up their own rules and they could just make this like a five round co-main event and just pay them that extra money or whatever, you know, make it yeah. a championship fight with not your belt on the line or something like that. You know, they can yeah, do people it. People would be delighted with that. People would appreciate yeah. that. And love people it. being pissed off with a new interim belt. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I suppose we'll have a couple of questions about that. Before we get to the questions, let's give a quick shout out to our sponsors, rosnutrition.com. Head on over there, rosnutrition.com. Get 25% off your first order with the promo code Severe May. New year, new you, rosnutrition.com. Help us, help you. Promo code Severe May, rosnutrition.com. Boom, let's do it. Graham, let's get into the questions. Oh, we've got we've a few questions this week. Um, the first one. Actually, it's Patrick has a question here, and he just texted me as well. Don't forget to say my Prince uh, Nazim Hamid because I told him I was going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think this is actually a good question from Patrick? How do you think Ronda Rousey would do against her previous opponents now? Um, that's an interesting one. Katsugano, I think. I think yeah. Katsugano probably beat her now. Her confidence is is, is gone, but but it looks things Ronda Rousey and uh, the the invincibility factor that people thought she had is gone as well. Like I don't think Katzengano will be as nervous as she was, or the other Sarah McMahon, Alexi Davis. I don't think they'd be as nervous as they were. I, maybe they wouldn't beat her, but I think I think Katzengano would. I love the Most word. Likely. I love this word. Allure. The allure is gone. It's no longer yeah. there, and yeah, you know, I I think she'd probably still be. I think Alexis De, or uh, Alexis Davis, she'd probably still be her. I think she'd be bitch. Katzengano, I think you know, Kat would probably give her all she can do. Sarah McMahon, I think Sarah might be. Misha, her I think Misha will go. Yeah, that's. The, I think if she's coming back, that's the fight to make. And I think that's an interesting fight. Because Misha's not retired. We all know that. But uh, although Misha did fix her nose, so maybe she is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably pick mm. Misha. It's an interesting one. It's an interesting one because Misha, yeah, Misha isn't the, the best striker either. She kind of likes to wrestle, which is which is kind of where Ronda Ronda wants to be. Randy, it's that, that's an interesting <laughs> one. I like it, Randy, yeah. Randy Rousey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I, I, I'd like to see that again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. Next question there from Mister Podge. I'll correct his question from for him. He said Tom Ducanois 
he's about to sign with the UFC, possibly. <laughs> um, how happy is Sean about it? And what do what do we think of him? Um, obviously, it was announced last week. Niall, uh, there was rumors going around and false false articles about Tom Dukanwa having signed with the UFC. He hasn't signed with them yet. Um, Niall uh, Niall McGrath from Severe Mayor got onto Tom and said they're in talks and he's close to signing. So hopefully that does happen. Um, Looks pretty much nailed on anyway, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Look, we've talked about, I spoke about Tom Dukanwa a lot. We even talked about him last year. I last week, sorry, I, I like I said, he could be a champion. I think he has championship quality. I think he's the best uh, best prospect in the world. I think he's the best prospect coming to the UFC since Conor McGregor, and I think he's going to take the place by storm. That's what I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's already. Uh, he's already top ten quality. Like I'm yeah. just looking at the top ten here. Like Michael John, Michael McDonald, sorry, is number eight. I think I think he beats Michael McDonald. Um, although there is like you know there is some t- tough matchups in there for him. It's it's, it's right. like it's definitely it's not a it's not like he's going to run through this easily. Like there's going to be some back and forth fights, uh, some close decisions. I'd say if he's going to make his way to the top. But um, it's a killer's row at the at the at the very top of the division with Cody Garbrandt and Cruz and TJ. But uh, I, even Lineker, I think I think uh, Tom Dukan was too well rounded for Lineker. He'd just be he'd just be able to take him out of his game and beat him. Yeah. Um there's a couple of questions there as well from Facebook. I put it out there. Um Stuart Hayes and James Strachan ask about Invicta. Invicta was this weekend. Um I didn't see all of it, but I saw some highlights for it. There was a there was a fight, Montenegro, I believe, where she got choked out at the end of the round. Yeah, I, I actually didn't see this. Yeah. Myself. But what what happened was she got choked at the end of the round, right? Um the referee Okay, she was getting choked, right? The bell goes, uh, the person lets her go, and she's unconscious, right? And the referee wakes her up, tells her the round's over, go back to your corner, and the fight's on, and then I think she won. Um, so, look, the, the rule there, Big John McCarthy came out and said it, that <clears throat> if she's unconscious and the person lets go when the ref tells them to let's go, that happened before the bell, before the referee stopped the round. So it's a technical submission. So that fight should have been given a submission so that that's bad i think she should um go to the commission try to get it overturned but yeah that was that was pretty bad um on megan anderson um she i I thought her performance was pretty good i didn't see the whole fight but i saw i saw clips of it she looked good she's always been i've seen her fight a few times now she's a kind of a a berserker as well a little bit she kind of goes forward lands a lot of big shots we got a few questions about her how would she ma- uh, match up against Jermaine Durandamy and Holly Holm who she called out in her post-fight interview not very well I don't think yeah. not yet anyway she she's very young still in her career and I don't think she should be up there yet but I I definitely see her in the UFC and uh, she will imp- keep improving yeah I agree yeah yeah. Um, next question. Thoughts on Robbie Lawler leaving uh, ATT from our good friend uh, Mr. Podge at one Mr. Podge. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a strange one. Um, he had a lot of success there. He was he was the first. I think he was I'm pretty sure he's the first person to win a UFC belt for that gym. Yeah, he was. And it was, it was a big deal made about it, and it was kind of like, uh, yeah, it was just, it was a surprising one to be honest. Um, did you hear? You didn't hear anything about where he's going, did you? No, I didn't. No, but I heard rumors of this a good while ago that he was leaving, and you know he was offered a fight, wasn't he? Or he Diaz? Was, no, but there was another fight he was yeah. supposed to fight, and he turned it down. and It didn't happen. Um, oh, was it not Diaz turned it down? Oh, I heard. Uh, it didn't, no, this is not the Diaz fight. This is some other fight. Um, I don't know. It was a good while ago, anyway. But uh, yeah, I heard. I heard rumors about it then. But uh, I think he's. You know, I don't know. It's it's a big move for him. They kind of 
they molded him into what he became, you know, late in his career. You know, he was always a good fighter, but I think they made him a great fighter in the end. But yeah, it's it's, it's a tough one. I want I don't know where he'll go, but yes, yeah, interesting to see what happens next. Um, Brian Bulger on on Facebook asks, "Do you, who? How do you think the fight would have gone for BJ if he'd fought Dennis Seaver?" Um. Hmm. I think he probably beats. He probably beats Seaver. I thought he would too. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I don't think it'll be a blowout or anything. I think it'll be close, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Dan Kez Whip Pits. Sorry, I ruined your name there. I apologize. <laughs> it's a long question, but basically he's asking, do you think it'd be a benefit the lower fighters on the UFC if there was less draws? So they'd, there'd be more money for them to get and would it help if they were trying to unionize it that there weren't as many big draws and they wouldn't be kind of leading the way? I, I'm not too sure. I think it's better to have those big draws and then to have them on your side. And you know, when when there's more money being made, there's more money there for everyone. I think so. I, yeah, I don't rising know. tide and all that. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. But I see the point he's kind of making. And although that rising tide lifts all boats, it lifts some boats higher than it lifts other ones. You know, and like uh, you can see, um, you can see there's so, obviously a lot of fighters still struggling that have fought on on Rossi and. Uh, and McGregor cards and all that. Um, at, yeah, I think, it's, Marshall, I think it's important that they can't create a union because they're they're not employees; they're private contracts. There has to be an association. I think a lot of people keep calling it a union, create a union. I'm pretty sure from what I've heard that it's not even possible to create a union when you're unless you're employees or when you're private contractors. Yeah, it's not possible. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, but some of these ones want to make them employees and stuff. So, yeah, uh, Gavin Springer asks what. What's your take on, and I've thought about this before, I think we discussed in the podcast, uh, Dana White saying fighters should honor their contract, yet the UFC can cut fighters whenever they want. Um, look, obviously it's but in the contract. That's part of the deal, that's part of the yeah, deal. It is, yeah. yeah. But it, I thought it was weird. I thought it was very weird for Dana White to say that. You know, because they, yeah. they don't, like they give someone a five fight deal and he fights twice and gets caught. Like that's not honoring your deal. You know, I, I know it's part of the deal, but still I thought that was a, I thought that was a very odd. But Dana's say. obviously trying to spin it in his in his favor. Like yeah, he, is, yeah. he can't obviously worry of what, what Dana's motives are. Yeah. Um. Some quick fire questions here from Kier and Sebelton. I like them. Barrys or lions? Mm, lions. Go blend. I don't drink these, so I don't either one. Yeah, lions. Um, lions as well. Robert Roberts is better than all of them, though. What's that? Ke- luxury Kenyan tea. Oh, oh yeah. it's beautiful. Beautiful. There you go. Meanies or monster munch. Meanies. I got Monster Munch. King or Tato? Mm. That's a tough one. It changes I, from time to time. I bought a box of King over Christmas, and I would never be a big King man now. I'd always be a Tano man. I'd probably go King. But I enjoy King. King. Yeah. I'd Walkers over both of them. I love a bit of Walkers. I think... No, I'd have I'd have both of them over Walkers, but I think we uh, when we were younger, uh, my parents used to buy a lot of Tato, so kind of King is more kind of luxury or something. <laughs> it's more different. I'm kinda, do you call them Tato's or Crisps? Crisp kind of yeah, no, I don't call them potatoes. What a weirdo are you? Uh, Only if they're actually potatoes do I call them potatoes. Well, they're all potatoes. Um, that was at the soup lad, and he asked another question: Why must they persist with another season of tough? If people out there in the ether haven't heard, Cody Garbrandt, bantamweight champion, will coach opposite TJ Dillashaw on the, on I believe it's a comeback season of tough. No, I'm looking uh, forward to it. To be honest. I'm looking forward to the comeback season, but I'm not looking forward to TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt not trending against each other. 
or not fighting each other for like eight months. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's that's annoying, but but uh I don't know, it should be good fun. Like people get people get like a lot of the people giving out will be the people watching it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I look the far the everyone's been calling for a comeback season. I have that's the good bit I'm looking forward. I, I heard a rumor and here I'm not breaking any news or anything, but it might be totally untrue that Julian Lane is gonna be in the season, you know. You know oh, him no. uh, <laughs> Let me bang bro. June Junior Browning, is he gonna be back as well? Uh, oh, yeah, I heard that rumor as well, but I don't what know. About his, what about his little brother? Something else Browning. Rob Browning? Yeah. Great man. Got the Rob Browning brothers. Man. Oh no, here come the Browning brothers. <laughs> Throwing glasses across. But it's like middle welterweight or middleweight, isn't it? Junior Browning's like 145. Ah, so you can eat as well. Be all right. Yeah, exactly. Uh drink his way up more than likely. Um <laughs> uh, Mannix Vlogs at Mannix Vlogs asks, Do you ever see Yair Rodriguez winning the Federweight trap? Oh, um, it's a tough, it's tough with, with Holloway up there and Aldo. Um, no, I don't as well. Be, I don't because of people coming up with him as well, like Bektich and stuff. I, w- I wouldn't be that surprised, but I, if I had a free bet on whether he, whether he'll be the, maybe he'll be some kind of interim champion or something, but the actual champion, probably lean against it. But I, w- I wouldn't be all that surprised, to be honest. I think he'd beat Holloway. I think he could beat Aldo as well. I, I'm gonna say yes. I've never been that big on Yair Rodriguez, but I'm gone. He, he convinced me. Ah, I think if you look at the Alex Gutierrez fight and you know, the BJ is kind of an outlier at that fight, I think. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, the Alex. But Gutierrez he hasn't proved. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last two questions. At US Anfield podcast, who are great to have me on there last week it was good fun. Asks if you had to choose between starting lineup of your team, Lalana or Pogba, who would you have? In, Come in on now, be of, honest. Come uh, on now, be Pogba. honest. There you go. I probably have Lalan after that fucking display yesterday. Useless bastard. Uh, <laughs> I'm really down with Pogba now because he was so good for like six or seven games and he was terrible against Liverpool. I'm mad. Okay, last question from our good friend Eamon McLean at Eamon McLean. Give him a follow. If the UFC lightweight division had a boxing tournament, who do you think would win? He suggest, he says Joseph Duffy, possibly. Um... Let me let me give you let me throw you out a few names here: Conor McGregor, Tony Ferguson, Rafael dos Anjos, Eddie Alvarez, Nate Diaz, Dustin Poirier. Joseph Duffy and Conor in a boxing match. I'd like to see that pure boxing. Yeah, like. yeah. I, I would like to see it as well. I'd like to see it as well. But uh, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to go with, with Conor. He's so comfortable. That's yeah. the thing. Like when you actually get in there and you can take the pressure, and you're so comfortable and not nervous, and just you're in your element. It, it, it's just a huge thing. I think McGregor's game is more suited for MMA, though. If you know what I mean, you know it's it's different. You know, I, I think if you had the big boxing gloves, he might find it hard to be so precise with his shots. Whereas Joseph Duffy kind of fights like a boxer. You know, he kind of talks. Yeah. His... It's one of the, way the, two, the two best boxers are, are Irish, anyway. <laughs> well. Yeah, I'm just looking at the rest. Nate Diaz will be up there, though. Obviously, he's a very good boxer. Um, Michael Kiesa, not bad. Yeah, nah, no, no, no. Michael Kiesa, no actually, they kind of are, aren't they? Ally Aquinta is a good boxer, but no, I wouldn't put him up there. Yeah, there you go. Ireland leading the way, as always. You're welcome. You're good to lead it on up Ireland. Up Ireland, indeed. Here Ireland, the Irish. 
do you know what? you want to hear a good uh no i won't say that actually go on i'll, I'll keep going anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh this was enjoyable good good podcast spread it out give us a like on facebook on facebook yeah give us spread put it on facebook tag me on twitter i'll retweet it do all that good stuff give me a follow at sean sheehan ba give graham a follow at severe may watch bellator this weekend <laughs> enjoy the fights have a great week graham anything else to say um, no, I'll, I'll send it over to you for the inspirational quote. Okay, here it is. Never be afraid to go out on a limb. That's where the fruit is. See you next week. <laughs>